Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. This week we're going to be talking about the Wraith. The Wraith is one of those killers that I haven't really played that much and when I do play him I kind of play the same set of things. Um, he's an M1 killer and it's, that's probably one of the reasons why I don't play him that much. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. So first of all, let's check in with our co-host. How are you today, Tofa? I'm very well, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, Wraith is one of those M1 killers, and I, I kind of like M1 killers. I like mind-gaming survivors and trying to win them. So yeah, he's definitely one of those killers that's good at mind-gaming. Like, when I play him, I like to use things like the Bone Clapper or the Cox Clone Clapper. And it, I, I always try and take at least one of those two, and then... I do like to use the all seeing, which gives me auras within eight meters, um, or or just something that would like break pallets or damage generators quicker. That's pretty decent. Uh, in terms of the perks, I'm a big fan, massive fan of Franklin's demise. Um, but yeah, I'll pair that with things like ruin and dying, which is the old meta. Uh, Haunted Grounds, I think, could be quite good on him as well because he can traverse the map quite quick and with his hit-and-run playstyle, definitely helps. Uh, Devour Hope, if you can keep that up. Um, you're going to get a lot of downs with him. If you're good at looping anyway, because, like I said, M1 Killer, he's one of those that you just got to try and keep your Devour up. But if you're taking Haunted Grounds, you're going to want them to t take the totems out so yeah when i mean keep my devourer up you know you've got when you've got devour ruin and haunted grounds you've got a 50 chance that they're going to take out haunted grounds which is ideally what you want them to do yeah and when you've got um I, I think if you're going around with four hex totems two of them being haunted grounds you, you've got a 50 chance of getting the totem gone that you want gone um, but sometimes you just got to roll those dice, and if you're not, if you're rocking around with that many hex totems, you may as well be taking hex pentamento. I don't think hex pentamento is any good. I think it's probably one of the worst perks in the game. You know, you've got people running around at the moment with boom totems, and it kind of ruins the experience really because you're never going to get the value from it. I think they should change hex pentamento so that if they cleanse, sorry, if they bless a total then it should still count as being destroyed. You're not wrong. Pentimento is a very situational perk. It's easily countered by survivors just remembering where the totems were that they had already cleansed. Uh, it only works well with high mobility killers. Fortunately, Wraith is a high mobility killer and he can he can defend those totems quite well. Don't, don't um, relight a totem as soon as it's done. Give it time, let a, maybe another totem get cleansed then they got two to try and remember where they are if they're swiffing and they know where they are they're just going to go back and find them wraith can just run between them try and keep his pressure going try and keep the totems protected as well he's got the mobility for it but he's he's one of the few killers that can do it well so i think another good build that we could probably use well at least i i would run anyway is no way out sloppy starstruck and bitter murmur i like to have I like to try and slow down as much as possible with sloppy bit of murmur when a popper gen gives me information on where people are 
starstruck when I down someone and I pick them up. Um, no one's going to go and try and body block. And then no way out because he kind of needs it with being an M1 killer. Um, what about you? What, what what do you run these days? Yeah, no way out definitely buys you a lot of time in the end game. And if if anything, survivors hold M1 a lot more easily nowadays. I like to run, I like to run ruin and pop. I do like my gen regression on um, on wraith. I know it's a bit silly taking. Hang on, if you've got ruin, you can't pop the gems. But because of how quick totems go, it's good to have a fallback. Nurses is um, really good on Wraith. I like the hit and run playstyle, but because of boons, uh, especially circle of healing, the hit and run playstyle, you can't, if survivors are healing super fast, you got to drop it and just commit to chasing one survivor until they're downed. Um, I'd like to take Bamboozle, especially if I've got the Shadow Dance add-on. Then them two combine, you just block a window off immediately. You just shut down a strong loop straight away. Um, as we've discussed, Pentimento, I don't, it, it's a new perk. I never used to run it because it never existed. And I've seen people trying to go for it. I don't go for the full five stacks because that's it, that's incredibly unlikely. Um, but if I am running it, I'll take other harsh hexes like, again, Devour Hope, Ruin, Haunted Grounds, maybe even Retribution as well. Haunted Grounds gets popped. I'm going to see where all their auras are for 10 seconds and I can get a very quick, maybe a very quick surprise hit. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering how plaything would work in that situation. Would that would that class as a totem destroyed? Oh yeah, absolutely. You could you could run just pentamento and plaything, so they'll cleanse their own totem and their unhooks, or they can just risk staying oblivious. But against the wraith, he's spending most of his time cloaked anyway. So I think some survivors will just take the obliviousness as soon as they see you have pentamento. They'll be like, well, I'll just stay oblivious. I can't hear him coming anyway. He's cloaked. Yeah, talking about hearing him coming. I'm really terrible against the Wraith. Um, he's just one of those killers that, you know, unless you see him coming, he can be around the corner and he'll just appear out of nowhere. Especially these days when people use the uh, Coxcomb Cox clapper. Uh, yeah. Um, even the bone clapper can be disorientating sometimes. That's why I always take spine chill. Because I like to know if he's around the area, and whether I need to start running quickly. It, that that lunge of his going around a corner, that really does get get me sometimes. But like I do try and do as many gens as possible, but try and stay near some of the pallets and windows. So if I hear something, I'll just make a run for it. With him being an M1 killer, he should be easy to get away from. Especially if they're not very good at looping and stuff. But other than that, I don't have much experience with, against him, really. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, playing, uh, seeing him coming can be quite tricky. You, He's got that telltale shimmer, like the Predator camouflage from the Predator movies when he's moving. But if he's standing still, he's totally invisible. So high walls, he'll probably get the jump on you, especially... If he's at, if he's running certain add-ons, it's very important, I think, to try and determine what add-ons he's running as soon as you can. If he's got Cox cloned clapper, if he's got the bone clapper, if he's got the ghost add-on, the the common one where it suppresses his terror radius for six seconds and his red stain, he'll just get you from around a corner and you won't know which corner. Um, the shadow dance one, if he can break pallets, break generators fast. Some people combo that with um, the serpent to just uncloak and 
continue chase and try and keep up with you with that initial burst of speed after performing an action like that. It's very important to tell what perks he's what add-ons he's using. So you can play around the playstyle that he's playing as. It will catch you out once, but once you've got it, your maybe your second chase will go a lot smoother. Dropping pallets preemptively, pre-dropping pallets that are unsafe, filler pallets in between tiles is the best thing to do. Maybe try and hug windows a bit more that have a longer wall and try and play as safe as you can. That's that's all you can really do. Try and win those 50-50 mind games. I would definitely say he's got some good add-ons though. Oh yeah, some of them are really good. Others aren't so good. There's ones that have... Um, I cannot remember the name of them, but they're, they're basically perks in the form of an add-on. You've got the one that mangles survivors after surprise attacks, gives them blind status after surprise attacks. You don't need those. I don't think the uncloaking and the cloaking speed add-ons work too great. They're good to start with. They're like training wheels, like the nurse's blink add-on where you can see where you're blinking to. They're good to have to start with, but you don't want to get used to that cloaking and uncloaking speed when you take them off for more um, better perks, like all-seeing blood. Is that what it's called? All-seeing blood? Or is it just all-seeing? All-seeing blood. Yeah, that, that one's... Uh, a lot of um, wraiths run that. And they'll run that with like, the silent bell. Or bone clapper if they haven't got any more of the silent bell add-ons. And at that point, they're just going to win all their mind games. Because they'll know where you are. You can go to a high wall. You'll think you're safe. They'll see you through the wall. They'll know exactly where to go. Interesting. Okay. Alright, so with that all said, let's get straight into our interview with our special guest, shall we? Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today we're speaking to another guest. So first, tell us who you are and who you main. Hello, I'm Housie16, aka Housie. I'm a legacy meghead player, but I'm also main killer uh, and I main Wraith. Cool. So I've always struggled with Wraith due to his ability. In the early days, it made him harder to use since you needed to get like real close. And since his rework, he's gotten a lot better. But what made you pick up Wraith? Well, back when I started in the, the game's release, there was only three killers. Well, there was Trapper, who I played a fair bit in beta. He was okay, but I wanted something a bit new and... The choices were essentially Wraith and Billy, and I always liked the idea of playing as a stealth character, and he was a sneaky, stealthy character in the game. So I thought I'd pick him up from there. Great. Well, uh, thank you for coming along, Housie. It's great to have you here. Um, should we start with your build? If you were playing to win and you wanted to be as efficient as you possibly could, and what would your perk build be? And could you run us through the synergy of your perks and the killer's power, if there is any? Okay, so the perks that I would use at the moment are Hex Ruin, Hex Haunted Grounds, Hex Undying, and Hex Devour Hope. Although recently I've been experimenting with Hex Pentimento as well. So with Hex Ruin, you get the general regression you need at the start of the game. Um, with Hex Undying, you ha also get a bit of protection on that because Wraith needs a bit of early game pressure to start off in the game. Um, Hex Haunted Ground, mostly because it's always good to have a bit of lethality, particularly if you're playing a Hex build. Um, if you have a Haunted Ground pick off at start, particularly with Undying, it gives you a good solid minute of lethality there where you can go around. And you can, if you really want to, you can even slug there as well. Um, but obviously sometimes they'll just see Tosin and try and work through them, which is why I have Hex Devour Hope. 
so that if I can get uh, enough stacks of Devour Hope later in the game, it becomes a bit more lethal, which forces them onto the totems. It buys me some time, so maybe I get another down or two. And that's a general sort of uh, synergy of a build, because Wraith is probably one of, if not the strongest killer in terms of protecting Hexes, because he has such mobility around the map when he's cloaked. And then... So you're not worried about him then? No, 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 no. I I am... Um, in the end, Hexes do go, particularly at the moment, with the circle of healing meta, the pooning meta. So, but, however, with certain add-ons, you can certainly help protect your totems and sort of make their strength into their weakness. Um, particularly if you've got uh, aura reading perks, which is another build which I will talk about later. That's probably why you use Pentimento as well then, isn't it? You'd wait for as many totems to be um, cleansed as possible and then you can just zip around and light up as many as you can. Exactly. That's why I've recently I've been exp experimenting with Pentimento rather than Ruin. So you see the shines at the start, but you don't really have any general regression. It's quite easy to see that you don't have Hex Ruin at the start of the game. So they just go back to the normal and then suddenly, boom, you get Devour Hope out of it. Maybe there's a cleansing totem. So like, for example, if you see perhaps a Michaela trying to cleanse a totem, you just let them cleanse it and you've got a three in four chance that it's going to proc her Haunted Grounds. And then you've got a good minute there where you can start to get your downs, get some early hooks in and build up them Devour Hope stacks. Um, if they do... If they don't and they just cleanse them as normal, that'll be for Pentimento for later. So there is a little weakness to it. You can you can use your boon. So you've got sort of two facts away. If they cleanse or if they bless the totems, either way, you've got an insta down to help you out there. Um so just just something about the um Pentimento. So if Michaela let's say for example Michaela does decide to um boot the bless the totem does that still count as a pentimento can you still get pentimento or does the totem have to be um destroyed it has to be cleansed um, yeah unfortunately not it has it has to be cleansed it has to be destroyed completely however that's why i said before with um the start of the game it, it once devour hope prox you've got an insta down there'll be four lit totems if i haven't so four lit totems if i haven't there'll be two four haunted grounds one for Undying, one for Devour. So they essentially have a one in four chance of getting Devour. If they go for the Bless, it takes a good period of time. Like I, come out, I think it's 24 seconds to Bless a Totem, where it's only 14 to Cleanse. So if they do if they do Cleanse, then that's your first Pentimental stack. Although you don't necessarily use it straight away because you want to start building up them stacks of Pentimento if you can. I mean, because the first stack of Pentimento is your gem regression. It's 30% gem regression. Uh, the second one after that is that's when your healing comes into play. Uh, you get a healing penalty of 30%. Um, with your third hexotome, that's when the recovery speed from being downed is 30%. So that's when you can start sort of like start to slug, um, start thinking about your 4K. Because usually Pentimento will come into effect after so like maybe like three, possibly four gens have been popped. So it's a really good sort of end game perk if you need it. It's like it's essentially it's like your safety barrier. And of course, with four hex totems, so if they bless if they cleanse all four of the lit hex totems, then you've got the exit get opening speed decreased by 30% as well. So you've got a bit of time for the end game as well. Um I know No Way Out is a good perk, which is usually the end game moment, but Pentimento at four stacks is also a good uh, alternative. So it, it sort of gives them do they want to spend the extra time 
cleansing the totem, blessing the totem, sorry, uh, at the risk of an instant down, because you're, you're cloaked. You can just go around the map with your high mobility. Um, if you use the right add-ons, particularly all seeing blood, which shows your, um, which shows survivors always within eight meters of you, you can just go around totem, totem, just completely ignore the gems, go around totem, wait for someone to start cleansing or blessing and just go in and get the insta down. But the build which I use is more sort of like a mid to late game build, which is how I like to play Wraith in general. Okay, so now that you've just run through your perk build, do you have any other perk builds in case people don't have certain killers unlocked? Like, for example, some of the free ones, or even ones you can just get with shards? Uh, yes, uh, certainly. So, if, you, if you'd rather play a build which is more sort of like centered on finding survivors, particularly like uh, early on, uh, the first perk I would recommend is a basic perk. It's, it's Sloppy Butcher. Because you can injure survivors. Wraith is a good hit and run killer. I think that's um, that's well known. So you can just basically uncloak, hit a survivor, whack, cloak again. And you can either have a choice. You can either, if that survivor's in a bad position, you can follow up on the chase. Maybe get a pallet or two out of it as well. Um, if not... If you've gone into a corner of a map which is quite strong in terms of looping, you can choose to leave them as well. But it will take them longer to heal. Even with uh, Circle of Healing, which is the best uh, healing perk at the moment, those extra couple of seconds might come in handy. However, that does leave into my next perk, which would be from the Nurse. Uh, that would be a Nurse's Calling, because that does partner with a Sloppy Butcher because it's going to take longer to heal. Um, with Nurses, you can see uh, survivors being healed or who are healing uh, up to 28 meters which again plays well into Rafe's lethality in that he can he's good at finding people he's good at hunting people down like that for all the reading from nurses calling is such a benefit from you um the third perk i would put on um i'd put on bamboozle uh from the clown um because when you're starting out um Rafe isn't that strong once he's uncloaked uh that's probably wise because he's basically just a basic m1 killer at that point so if you've got something for the middle of a chase to help you out um you can use bamboozle to sort of block a specific window i mean the love shack tile is quite rough for um rafe so you can use it to block a window and then you can either get a hit or you can force the love shack palette down which in my eyes is a win um and the fourth and final perk um and this will be a little controversial, but I would put on Hex, no one escapes death. <laughs> uh, the reason being is because, again, Wraith, whilst he's, he's got like, he hasn't got any insta down, he hasn't got any sort of like way to prevent you uh, from, what's the right word? He's got he's got no sort of gen natural gen regression perks. So you need so, you do need something in general for the end game with Wraith. And with with Noed, you do not only do you get the instant ability, you do get a slight speed buff in the extra four percent. So, whilst cloaked, that is 154 percent base movement speed, and once you come out of it, it's 119 percent movement speed. So, that extra four percent of movement speed does actually quite help. Plus, it means you can also guarantee uh, secure the kill if there's anyone left. It also, as spoken before, he's good at protecting hex totems, so you can protect Noid as well, particularly if it's where you've just hooked someone. That's very, uh, that's very well put. Um, so this is my favourite question in the entire segment. 
Um, everyone likes to let their hair down from time to time and is a game after all. People play it for fun. Uh, do you have any perk builds that you play for fun? Any meme sort of builds you'd like to share? Any niche sort of um, ideas? Um, yes, there, there is one in particular I do like on Wraith. And it sounds a little weird on the outside, but it's basically impossible skill check Wraith. <laughs> uh, it sort of takes along the same idea of the impossible skill check builds on other killers. However, the Wraith has an add-on called the Beast Soot, uh, which essentially is the Wraith's meme, meme build. It's essentially... The Wraith's terror radius, while cloaked, is no longer suppressed. So he just has a natural terror radius. He's still cloaked. He's still going around to normal. Still gets 150% movement speed. I do believe you also get uh, bonus blood points as well uh, for your surprise attack. That's the attack when you uncloak as well. Uh, when you equip this, you can also equip it with either the Cox Clone Clapper. That's the one that renders the bell silent. Or you can additionally put it on the Bone Clapper. Uh, which is the add-on where the Wailing Bell's distance or direction cannot be uh, made out. So you just hear it. So you, you've still got nothing to go on. And then I would send myself to an indoor map, such like the game, or I would send us to Larry's, or I would also send us to Midwich. And you just go around, particularly with Coscombe, you could just uncloak and then just go for people not expect it because they, they don't expect the wraith to have to not have a terror radius um the perks i would run on this if i'm going to an map, particularly the game i would run distressing so that you make your terror your terror radius essentially map wide um with distressing you get additional blood points as well but it also makes your um <coughs> excuse me it also makes your uh, terror radius increase by just, I think it's about 25%. Sorry, 26%. Um, so it essentially comes a map. So everyone's going to be hearing your terror radius at the start of a map. Uh, the second one would be unknowing presence. So therefore you would get um, reduced skill checks zones for the survivors. So they would have a harder time hitting them. Um, also they become more frequent I think it's 10% more frequent skill checks and I think it's 50% less skill check zones uh, so they're going to get them more often more often more often um, the third perk I would put on because I'd be sending myself to an indoor map would be brutal strength uh, which is another trapper perk as is unnerving presence uh, which just makes you kick generators and walls pretty quickly you can do this while you're invisible as well um, as well as the costume cover, you could possibly put on Shadow Dance as well to make uh, kicking even quicker. Uh, but it's mostly just to get rid of the, the loads of pallets in the game because there's going to be a lot of them. And the final perk I would use for my meme build, just to make things a bit more interesting, just so they're always uh, on their toes as it was, I would put on Starstruck, which is a perk from the Trickster. And that basically means anytime I down Survivor and pick them up, anyone in my terror radius is exposed and becomes exposed to 30 seconds after I've hooked said survivor. So essentially I've got a map wide insta down. If I run into anyone who's on the generator, maybe has missed a skill check, I can just cloak, go straight there, uncloak and insta down them. If, or if they're near a pallet, then I can get the brutal strength pallet quick and that's another safe pallet gone. So they're kind of forced either to remove a safe pallet or they get insta downed. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, I say, I say, well, I it says a meme build is actually quite a pretty strong build on Wraith because what yes once you get over the fact that he has a terror radius all the time 
it's still impossible skill checks you know you've still got to work around it and it's still quite a hard build to play against as a survivor yeah i know i know he can be quite oppressive but with him being invisible i sometimes don't know where he is but well a, a small tip sort of like to um try and detect rather than try and look out for a wraith one advice i would give is listen for a wraith because he is completely invisible from over 24 meters away and he sort of starts to get a little sort of like shell of himself as he gets closer and closer however he always makes a growling sound so he's got like a kind of like a thug yeah like a thug yes if you if you got a good if you got your audio up you can always listen out for a race so you can never be surprised um particularly if you're like on a gen which is in a tight spot you know if the wraith is running builds where they can see you through walls or has gen perks where they know where you are if you can listen out right you can get that extra like two to three second head start maybe get to a pallet or a vault or a safe loop or even just running away which might be the best option it just gives you that extra couple of seconds of advantage because most often the wraith will try and uncloak at the generator because he slows down his speed slows down as he tries to uncloak and that gives you just that little bit more time to get away so this is going to depend on the perks that you use but with, with any killer you like to use the same set of add-ons i know you mentioned some of the per uh, some of the add-ons earlier on but what would you say works well together what would you recommend people use and what would you say is worth avoiding well i don't have a same set of add-ons that i use all the time because wraith is very add-on dependent i would say his add-ons are more important than his perks but the without a doubt these best add-ons and my number one picked would be the coxcomb clapper which is the one which renders the bell completely silent so they can't hear you if you, you can still make the gnarling sound but it gives them less of an opportunity to get away particularly if you don't hear a bing bong it's it it's, it does kind of deceive you particularly the first time you do it and then i would pair that up with all seeing blood which is the uh ultra rare add-on that makes you see or as a survivor is eight meters away from you so essentially you're playing silent warhack wraith and you can just go around the map just whilst cloak just find a survivor uncloak bam you can recloak and go away again however there are plenty of other add-on combinations that work so well on wraith um probably his most underrated add-on i would say would be the serpent soot which is actually a brown add-on and is I would personally think it'd be more like a yellow or green add-on. That is the add-on where the Wraith completely uncloaks after breaking pallets, uh, generators, or breaking a wall. And you can partner this up with sh uh, another perk, uh, so another add-ons of Wraith, which is Shadow Dance. Uh, he has two Shadow Dance add-ons. He has a, a purple one and a green one. The purple one makes you break window, so it makes you break walls, pallets, and generators 60% faster whilst the green one is 40% faster, but both of them also vault windows. So this goes well when you're trying to kick a generator. You can just kick the generator and get straight into there. You don't have to uncloak and recloak. So if someone's trying to just eke out that last bit of gen, you can just go in, start to uncloak, they'll run away, you can damage the gen. If you're running, for example, pop or uh, oppression or overcharge or any gen kicking perk or you just want to kick the generator you can kick it and just get straight into a fight because you still get the one second speed boost after you kick the generator to go to a person and that's about the amount of time they've got to get away um yes so partnering these two together it works really well particularly if you're going for more of a, a gen kicking build rather than a hex build 
in terms of add-ons to avoid i generally try and avoid any add-on that relies on you cloaking faster or uncloaking faster because generally speaking you have enough time to cloak and uncloak anyway your power comes from the time you were invisible not the time you were cloaking or uncloaking so i believe it is the um the swift hunt add-ons that are the uncloaking ones and the blink add-ons are the ones that cloak they are fast and they are good to start when you're starting out because you need to you've i reduces your speed i think it's by about 20 percent if you run double uh swift hunt the purple and the green one so you get uncloaked 20 percent faster which i'll talk about later but generally speaking i would try and avoid these ones if you can yeah, you wouldn't want to get too used to using them would you no no it's it's, it's a bit like um when he, before he'll be got changed everyone just ran carburetor tuning guide uh because it just made him faster but once you took it off you were sunny not as good as billy so i don't like to be out on dependent on uncloaking and cloaking so you just it's sort of like a muscle memory you just get used to more the speed that you uncloak and the speed that you cloak it's just a bit more just a bit more natural so when going into a match what strategy do you use or does it depend on the map and perks it mostly depends on the map and the perks there are some maps i look at uh Bowdham in particular i think oh dear oh dear oh dear oh dear um if if map aside usually i've talked about how i more culture a mid to late end game uh, sometimes i will run lethal pursuer which is a perk from the nemesis uh, which lets you see the ores of survivors for the first nine seconds of the trial if i'm running that i'll go straight to the most concentrated area survivors and just guard them if i'm not running that i will generally try and go towards the furthest generator at the point i am and start scouting for survivors maybe they're starting an early gen if i am running ruin i can keep an eye out for sparks and generators as i get close um i always try and find out if a survivor is running spine chill or not because spine chill is probably your weakest your weakest not your weakest sorry your biggest enemy if a survivor's running spine chill they'll run away before you get there so if i see a generator with sparks around it and no survivor sight chances that i have spine chill and i tend to more adopt the hit and run style if they are not running what i'd see to spine chill i would tend to go for one survivor hit them if i can get the early hit on them if they're on the generator i would then cloak i'll try and run ahead of them and then if they're going towards a certain tile or a certain uh, pallet see if i can get in front of them block them off and see if i can get the hit on them if they're going to a certain tile which i find quite strong i'll try and bait out the dead hard uh, or a pallet get the rid of them because the bet the less pallets the better um if they've used dead hard or if they've used live or any exhaustion perk and they're getting away nine times out of ten i will cloak and leave them and i'll go find them i'll go back to the generator uh see if i can find another survivor from running ruin uh rinse and repeat until i f i find one that isn't running the perks like the dead hard or the live get them down and then get them on the hook also whilst i'm doing this because i'm spreading the damage this gives them more time to find my hexes and potentially pop haunted ground as well which means if I do find another survivor, I can get the instant down and start build snowballing the pressure from there. 
that is uh, usually my that's usually my thinking at the start of a match. Okay. Everyone has a playstyle they like to stick to, and it works well for them. But do you um, tend to change your playstyle based on how the survivors are playing, or do you just consistently stick to your own thing? Oh, I I do adapt to survivors' playstyle. Um, particularly if I know there are boons available, I know the hit and run strategy, generally speaking, won't work, and I will change up my strategy. Um, I will instead, as before, what I was saying I would hit a survive and go back to the generator, see if I can find someone there, wait for haunted to put instead, because chances are they're going to fire whatever boons. I'll stay on said survivor. Uh, if they're going through a, a if they're going through a horrible tile, just try to get the pair dead either way. Just keep following until I get that set down. I might lose a gen or two in the progress, but once I get that first hook in, I can start being a bit of pressure because. If a gem pucks, I know sort of the rough vicinity of the area they are, and I'll just cloak, run over to them, and start scout out for the next survivor and rinse repeat. So, if I am aware that there are boons in play, I do adapt my playstyle. Otherwise, generally speaking, the hit and run strategy and waiting for haunted to proc works well for me. Okay, so now that boon totems have been released, a lot of killer mains are just not happy. They're just too strong. Especially with how overpowered they are. Uh, and I completely agree with them. They can be very oppressive. <laughs> so let's start with the totem spawns. What do you think to the totem spawns? And how do you think they can be improved? Uh, yeah, spoon totems. Um, right, totem spawns. I, I do think totem spawns need to be reworked. I think to get to a totem, you need some sort of reward. So they need to be... They need to be hidden better, but maybe perhaps make them a bit more visible to sort of entice a survivor. But like, for example, uh, bottom fields, you have just some out in the corn. Uh, I know that they're sort of like limited in terms of where they can place them. Like you, you can't have them in certain places, like in LT walls and certain tiles. But I wish there was a bit more creativity to where the totals could be. For example, you could put it behind a, like a tree in the corner of a map. A, bit like they do on the swamp map um yeah totems totem placements aren't great um <laughs> and as you probably figured out from what i've said so far i'm not a fan of boon totems whilst i like the concept of boon totems i think it's a great thing to have sort of like a a positive hex for the survivors um the current concept of boons just does not work for me i i think it's i don't want to sound too killer many but i do think they're a little overpowered at the moment personally i would i know this is going to be a tangent personally i'd reduce the zone from like 21 meters to about 20 possibly even less um but the idea is certainly a good one um i hope that hex spawns are something that are reviewed in the near future though well, you've been playing Wraith for a long, long time, so I bet by now you've had some really great sort of memorable, memorable matches that really stick with you. Uh, do you have any that you'd like to share? Uh, uh, if I can, can I share two? Go for it. Great. Um, back before Wraith's old... We're talking old, old Wraith here. This is before his Windstorm buff. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, about six months ago, Wraith got buffed so that purple windstorm which increases movement speed whilst cloaked by uh 12 was made his base kit so he was moved at 150 percent movement speed as standard 
rather sorry, 160% movement speed rather than the 140% movement speed as standard. So it made him a lot faster whilst cloaked, and he also got the 1.5 second speed boost when coming uncloaked, although that has recently been nerfed to one second, which for what it's worth I think is a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I did think it was a bit strong. <laughs> um, back when this was before that, so he's like considered possibly the worst or second worst killer in the game. My old build before the Hexpats was Hex Ruin, uh, which is the same. I was running Barbecue and Chili, which gave me aura readings uh, for uh, 40 meters when I hooked a survivor. And I was running Bamboozle, which I've already talked about, and Nurse, which I was talking about. And this was my standard build. The amount of times I would get people at Love Shack at this home, because I would, I would cloak, I would then go inside Love Shack, vault over the window, bamboozle it. And so many times the survivors would be standing there just expecting to revolt back in and i would just knock them down there and then because they were or at least get hit in because back then it was like a case of like they were spying to such a reliant perk but i would you could learn how to walk backwards and then you'd vault over and they'd just be there so they were expecting you to come around from one way but because spine chill wasn't proccing you could come over the uh you could go backwards into the vault position vault forward and then just uncloak and attack and I got a lot of people with that that was one of my favorite things or even just going around backwards around Love Shack the other memory I I have this is a bit more specific um this was actually in my last game at Hawkins that's this is why it's a bit special to me because I miss oh, Hawkins everybody remembers that one of my favorite well, yeah <laughs> I know uh, Hawkins was a wonderful map for Wraith it really was um, I was running uh, Ruin, Haunted, Starshot, Barbecue, and first first side of things, I got up to the upside down area, you, and you know there's a, there was a totem spawn downstairs? Um, there was a lit totem there, and I just didn't make it, I think, oh no, Ruin's going to go. And it was Haunted Grounds, so Nox said Survivor down, great. And then I heard two people on the generator upstairs. So I went upstairs, knocked them both down. Uh, and now, of course, as I pick up the survivor, because one of them dropped down, Starshot procs as well. So not only do I have Haunted Ground Starshot, everyone is exposed, well, double exposed, although that's not much thing. And I just see coming out from the top of the basement, because the basement was there, the last survivor. And so I drop said survivor, go down to the basement, they run down to a basement, I whack them down with Starstruck active, and I get a very, very nice, very quick four-man basement tree in Hawkins. Beautiful, beautiful, and that was my last map on. That was my last game on Hawkins, and I miss it so much. <laughs> I love those four-man Christmas trees. They're, they're so so brilliant. I mean, basement wraith isn't really a thing, but what it is now. If it if it was, it would be. It's it's one of those issues where if you get a 4K ba- like basement tree with wraith, it's something you remember it's something quite special unless of course the survivors are just frying i just like the synchronized booms when the entity takes them as well yes yeah, it's, it's like um we could have doom, 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 <laughs> it's brilliant yeah music to my ears okay so now that you've mastered the wraith what advice would you give to new players or even your past self 
Uh, well, Wraith has given Wraith has changed so much in like the past five years. It's hard to give advice to my old self back then or new players back then because Wraith is completely different now. If I'd say give myself different advice now, um, I suppose I am a bit RNG reliant on my builds, um, which can run into problems. So this my build doesn't always 4K, for example. It's usually 4K or maybe a 1 or 2K. So the advice to I'd say to newer players is don't run hex builds mostly because of in part because of booning but it's quite hard and g heavy i would i would more give myself the advice of try to run more reliable perks such as pop such as uh current dead man switch such as scourge uh jolt even works i would don't like to be too reliant on one build that'd be my advice for myself and i'll say for newer players as well you know don't be fearful in trying out different things with Wraith to make yourself work because he's got so many good combinations working for him. He's very much a killer that relies on your stealth, your add-ons, your perks. Because after you take him out of Cloak, he's just an M1 killer. And you need to have some mind games in there as well with your M1 killer and not rely everything on your perks, on Hexes. With all the jungle gyms and your LT walls, your long walls, and the killer shack, do you have a favourite tile that you like to play more than the others? Uh, generally speaking, I do like a I like an LT wall, or specifically a double T wall, because if you go into it whilst cloaked, and you're at the the bottom part of the T, let's say, if they stand the vault of a window, you can start to uncloak, and no matter which way they go, you are always guaranteed to get a hit. Uh, if they're healthy and if they're injured, unless they have, for example, dead hard, life or any exhaustion perks, or unless they're like a god-like survivor, you're going to get them down. Um, so you see, if you face a bomb you start to uncloak. If they vault, you stop uncloaking. If they carry on going through, you just go around the other side, uncloak, and with your speed boost, you'll get the hit. If they go through and you are still cloaked then you just force them around to the outside and bring it back to the other t position and rinse and repeat until eventually you get them down if they run off to another if they run off from that said t position then they're out in open space and you've got either they will make it to another jungle gym before you do in which case you're cloaked you've got your stealth you've got your speed you can maybe get there to a pallet before them you can say block them off or you can certainly use your positioning to direct which way you want to so if you think they're going to go into another strong tile you can sort of run to try and cut them off which will either force them away or you block them so you can sort of decide the direction of the next bit of the chase is going to be just from your position where you start on the t in the in either the lt wall or the double t wall that's why i like it so much because you dictate what happens next well mmr's been in the game for a little while now and some people like it some people don't like it others don't really have a an opinion on it but have you noticed any changes in your games lately since it since it was becoming a thing um yes it's a short answer i definitely have noticed my games get tougher um oh excuse me the like what i said about previously about the t-walls and about the hexes a lot more survivors are running uh 
boon totems so it's getting a bit harder to get value out of my perks which is why i'm sort of trying to change my builds up um the survivors also tend to know what they're doing when they come to loops because one slight downside of a wraith is whilst cloaked it doesn't count as part of a chase so usually when in a chase if you vault a window you the window the entity blocks it after three volts you don't get that whilst you're cloaked as wraith so the smart move is they'll just run out a bit go back in fast vault run back fast vault run back fast vault which kind of puts you in a bit of a sit tricky situation where you've got to try and gamble and figure out when they're going to stop it's the same thing with pallets as well uh yes the entity doesn't block them but smart survivors are now utilizing pallets more well because you can sort of sometimes go out to a pallet expect them to drop it when they won't i'll just keep running so it is it is more tricky now with mmr but that being said i don't mind mmr too much now that it started to settle um for me yes improvements can be made but generally speaking i would say it's it's all right okay so with the wraith's unique ability you can cross the map and scene and sneak up on people when they're not paying attention but how do you use the ability to its fullest um usually i will run backwards <laughs> which i know sounds a bit silly well, not really. However, I mean, you've got spine chills, so you really got to yeah, ex look out for that. Exactly. And also object as well. So object is like your one of your best friends in this, particularly new object. Um, but yeah, with spine chill, as you say, if you run backwards, you, you're not looking at the killer. So you don't give off a ping to them that you're coming. So that is a great tip. If, particularly if you've got like a nice open map like Rotten Fields or Wretched Shop, just being able to run backwards and then you can use your ears to work out where the survivors are. If you're running, for example, barbecue and you've just hooked someone, um, you get you get pretty much the whole map view to see what you're doing. And you can see, right, okay, that survived. And you can sort of like see which towers are going to be on. You can work out where you're going, start to run backwards. And if you sort of like come up against the wall, then you know you get towards a tower which they're potentially at. The only thing I would say though, slight problem with that is um, if you run backwards into a pallet and you can't move backwards chances are the survivor is there and is about to drop the pallet on you <laughs> so it's great but there are some weaknesses to it um another thing i would say about being able to stick up and people is if you are running forwards for example you can and you know survivors are serving this is this is a good start to the game you can choose your point of entry uh on the on the jungle gym so Wraith strength is obviously his, his first hit. It's, that's what you want to do. You want to surprise him. You want to get that first hit quickly. So, uncloak. I never would uncloak in front of a generator if there's like a wall in a way. You want to try and uncloak so you don't know which way you're going to come from. So, they either run into you or they run, they run the opposite way and you got a clear path and you can get a hit in. So, knowing what position to uncloak usually i'll try and uncloak if there's a pallet in the jungle gym i'll try and uncloak in a pallet so they can't drop on me uh with one second speed you can get the hit in or they have to vault or use dead hard or something like that so you get the upper hand at the start of the chase um also i would say don't forget that you have a complete invisibility 24 meters away from a survivor so if you are in an open map and let's say there's two survivors left feel free to just stand about halfway between you and the last survivor 
because they won't they won't see you because whilst Wraith is standing completely still he is completely cloaked which is great for a hatch standoff as well um I actually had a game yesterday where I was standing on the hatch completely invisible and the last survivor just ran straight out of the hatch expecting to get it you can shut it in their face uncloak and then you get the free down to win the game that is probably um that is that is definitely a good strategy for hatch standoff if you find a hatch first don't close it just stand there so how do you use your wailing bell around loops because he gets that really nice speed boost and a slightly more generous lunge because of the speed boost as well right he d yes oh yes he does um Again, I try and uncloak at pallets. If that is not possible, say if the survivors ahead on you, you can use sort of your bell as a as a mind game. So even if you're not running shadow dance, which I've mentioned, that's the uncloak pallets. You can try and force the survivor either to drop or not drop the pallet because you can still break pallets whilst cloaked. So you tend to either stand behind the pallet, so and it starts uncloak. And just as you're about to uncloak, if they drop the pallet, you stay cloaked, break the pallet, and then you move on. Because either they're healthy or they're injured, they'll run either to a next tile or run out into the open, and you should get a free hit. Um, what you can do if they are running to the next gym, you can usually overtake them and block them off. So when the next loop comes on, again, you can choose the direction of the loop they're going to. For example, um, Caltree. Uh, rotten fields like you have you know how you have the, the tree and then you have like the pallet and the vault um if you're running around couchy you can sort of like try to fake uncloak at the pallet uh, if they drop it you break it great that's that that's couchy much more weaker now and you can use that later in a chase you can try and dictate another survivor towards a couchy if they don't drop it and they run you can carry an uncloaking and you can make it to the make it to the uh vault with your one second speed boost and you can just about lunge in unless they're running like a resilient spine chill combination and you can get the hit in if you can uh, so i always try and run what is equivalent of clockwise so you run sort of you run pallets to the vault and then you sort of take the long way around past the tree and back to a pallet so you I would call that like clockwise formation, if that makes sense, because it always looks like as if you're going clockwise in the game. Um, yeah, so knowing when to cloak. Of course, when you get up above that, you know, survivors know what you're doing, so you have to mix it up. Like sometimes you do uncloak, get him. Don't be afraid to take the pallet to the face. It's not the end of the world. Uh, if there's always a pallet in the way, like a safe pallet in the direction, I always try and get rid of it if I can. So we know that flashlights can be a big problem for the Wraith. So how do you deal with the flashlights? Uh, flashlights are actually pretty easy to worry about unless they have like the tip top perfect purple flashlight with the best add-ons. The easiest way to deal with a flashlight is rather than try and uncloak in front of them because you will get flashlight blinded. You'll get burned, no problem. Even with the double swift add-ons, uh, it is still quite easy to uh, flashlight blind a wraith. Uh, just move, just turn, just go around them. Just keep moving around because they have to keep the flashlight on you but you move fast enough whilst cloaked that they can't keep the flashlight on you if you can move around to like behind a tree or behind a, uh, a wall something like that to knock out a flashlight they can't do anything and then they'll tr as with most survivors with flashlights they'll try to come after you and you can just rinse and repeat so you're wasting their time 
until you get to a position where you're like behind the wall safe enough that you can uncloak. You usually need about 50% of your uncloak bar uh, to be there so that you know you can uncloak without being flashlight burned. Anything under 50%, you're running the risk of getting flashlight burned. A lot of people know it's best to like adopt a hit and run play style as we've spoken over before. Yeah. And I know there are boon totems out there that kind of hinder that play style as well. Um, but are there any other moments that you should know to not do that as well? Um, well, I've, I've, yeah, I've mentioned boon. Um, if you're running, I would say if you're running a build where you are trying, sorry, cats just jumped on my lap. <laughs> uh, if you're running a build where you are mostly kicking gens, um, but all the gens are sort of like completely unregressed, it might be just best just to stick on the said survivor and get the down but hit and run usually is the way to play unless you're running like a specific hex build or uh, well i suppose the other alternative is um if you're going for a slug build that's about it but yeah i would say maybe hit and run is hit and run is generally speaking the best way to go so recently the rave has had a few changes made and it's now put him in a much better spot do you think the changes are good enough or do you think he needs more changes? Well, I would say the the only thing I would personally make Wraith better is I would I would mention how he made his growling sound before. I personally would remove that audio sound such that you have complete stealth when you are uh, close. So if a survivor is right, right next to you uh, and they're working on a journey, you just wait to uncloak they they have to be alert to the situation you know that is really it. i mean race race is really in a good spot at the moment sure he could do something to add to his m1 kit but the way his play style works he is all about his stealth and i would say his stealth is in a very very strong position at the moment i could actually agree with that even from a survivor's perspective like his growling is very it's very easy to hear even if you don't have the, the loudest of volumes on your headset like with Myers, all you've got to listen for is his breathing, and that's quite quiet compared to Wraith's noises. And Ghostface only has a little bit of rustling behind him while he's cloaked as well. And, and even Pig just has like their little <sighs> noise as she breathes out. Yeah, There's just very... A, a very slight pants. Yeah, so, so in comparison, Wraith's growling is actually it's, it's quite loud in comparison. So uh, maybe not necessarily re reduce, get rid of it completely, but maybe just more sort of like reduce the volume it's to sort of match in line with others to make it a bit more fair on the wraith well, do you have any other tips or tricks or anything you feel that we've not quite covered yet before we end anything that can make him play a bit better um i would say if, if i'd be honest no <laughs> no there's, there's sort of like i think i've covered i've covered everything i mean flat probably probably the biggest concern for new players with with wraith would be the flashlight issue I would say once you get used to dodging flashlights, that's probably put you in a strong start. Um, don't feel intimidated if the first few gens go and you've not done, you'd feel like you've not done much. Um, Rafe does have sort of a lot more strength when there's less generators because you just move around the last couple of gens quite easily, particularly if he's got a good three gen, um, say if he's on Azeroths. Uh, he's good at going around all three protecting them uh, at the same time. So don't panic if you are down to one gen you've only got two hooks 
just keep an eye on the gens take it easy don't worry about losing you know a survivor over there because they run up the other end just stay focused and stick on stick with your gens yeah and there'll be more games coming after as well anyway yes exactly well thank you for being here we really do appreciate it yeah thank you for coming how's it been great no problem all right take care everyone all right see you later if you have listened till the end we would like to thank you and if you want to hear more interviews like this then please subscribe if you're on apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a review as this really gets our show out there and for most other platforms you can simply give us a rating this interview was recorded on patch 5.5.2 i would like to thank Halsey for the interview myself jamie lee duquet and tofa for co-hosting the interview and for being a part of the intro all links will be in the description of the podcast and we look forward to you hearing the next one